is Dundalk in Russia or the Republic of Ireland? It's hard to know these days. What we do know is it's plastic all the way for Oriel Park. The fella in the green and white short. The fella in the green and white short. Keep the good man on the bench. Welcome to the big kickoff League of Ireland podcast in a week where Longford hit the century. Dundalk won't be getting grass seed anywhere near that pit just yet. And Treaty United are feeling the blues. My name is Roy Shanahan and I'm joined by Nathan Doyle from TheBigKickoff.com. And Nathan, the rumours are coming out of northern Siberia that there'll be no grass pitches allowed. <laughs> tell us all about it. Well, I tell you what, Roy, I've been to the dock a load of times and I can't confirm there's a shitload of grass around that town. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Yeah, I like that little like, green one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, you'll actually play a cracking game of five side after it as well. But uh, yeah, do you know what? We only talking about before we jumped on here. I feel a little bit bad. Well, five episodes into into, into this season, and I think we're we're picking on them dark a little bit now at this stage. We talked about now the three of the past five episodes. Um, in what's been a strange week, but I'm you know beaten once again in the annual Jim Malone Cup by uh, that bit of rivals uh, dropped it to one, and. We've heard a lot coming out from uh, the new owner, Brian Ainscough. Uh, he was doing a lot of media work, doing, and a lot of uh, Q&As with fan forums. So um, you have a little bit of information to go off. So the first thing is regarding his first visit to Oriel Park, Roy. I don't know if, you, if you've seen how he got on, but it probably couldn't have went any worse. It was a couple yeah. of weeks back, they were playing a, playing a friend, uh, friendly against Longford Town. Um, and he came out and publicly stated that Oreo Park was a pigsty, and uh, he was <laughs> he's, he's looking for regular cleanups and uh, maintenance, and in ter- especially in terms of maintenance on seats because he went to take his seat, got a good view of the match. No, probably scanned through the program, seeing who, who his new players are, and the seat breaks from underneath Brian. Thankfully, wasn't wasn't injured anything like that, but. Probably not the best start to uh, do his ownership at Dundalk, and no. you know. And before we we'll get on to the to, to, to the bigger project at hand here at Oriel Park, but not to toot my own horn, it, it's something that I, I think I say a lot here in the show. Yeah, we, we definitely need help in terms of league and oil and clubs with with major uh, financial backing for for big projects, as we'll talk about. But buckets of paint aren't that expensive. If you can get buckets of paint, a mop, brush, uh, people to volunteer with the man hours. Just general maintenance can go a long way across the lake. Um, besides pumping thousands and probably millions into big projects, but look, that's that's neither here nor there at the minute. Um, Brian went on to say that some of the plans that he'd like to see go into Oriel Park the next couple of years is um installation of temporary seating. Uh, they're looking to move the current away section to it to a nicer part of the grounds. Music to my absolute ears because it, it's one of the grounds that I, I do not like going to, <laughs> and that's. That says it's a, a lot. horrible little corner, that, isn't it? It's a tough one, mate. It is a tough one, yeah. And again, that we don't want to come on here and saying like we're, we're picking on Oriel Park, but no, from the away section, yeah, 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 here, here. I'm sure they're listening to the two boys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. It's just a, it's a rough little corner, open to the elements and yeah, everything around it. The whole facilities in the way and it's awful. And another thing they're looking to do is extend the pitch, so change the, the length of which the pitch. But the two things that Brian Enscott picked out as a priority was um, 
change in the current surface, the, the astro on, on the pitch and the floodlighting. Now, these will need to be done for 2025 because Oriel Park won't even meet the licensing criteria for next season. So while the future plans, as we just mentioned, will be coming into place over time, getting the pitch and the floodlights done seems to be an absolute necessity, um, which, yeah, definitely going to have to pump the money into it. But just looking here are probably plans beyond 2025, Roy, and something that you talked about, and something I think that will pique your interest a little bit is... Um, Brian would like to pump money into the academy system. He'd also like to give uh, Stephen O'Donnell, if he's still the manager, a budget increase. And he'd like to introduce a youth development centre uh, for Dundalk and, and, and for the town as a whole. Uh, you, what do you see? These walking out, it is another thing that could falter by the way. So like, Brian ha has said he, he was only in the job back in November and he, he, he was asserting that he'd, all, he'll need someone to come in with him, he, he will need other investors to help him uh, get this project off the ground and make sure all these plans come to fruition. Yeah, for sure. We'd all like to do loads of things. Um, It's whether they're going to get it done or, and whether they're not going to get it done. Like, is it Martin Connolly? I think that's who is the COO yeah. of the club. And he's saying there's absolutely no way there's going to be a grass pitch there. Uh, are they going to change from Astro to Astro again? As I said, it's they were comparing themselves to Russia. It's not quite Russia, but, uh, you know, for us, we've already said it, Nathan. We, we, I don't think that Astro pitches should be allowed in the League of Ireland. There should have to be grass pitches. I know that there are certain places that get a lot more rain than other places, uh, be it the West uh, compared to the East and, and North, maybe. We could nearly say more than the South, but the South are getting a good old hammering these days. It looks like the East is the only place that's kind of getting some sort of saving uh, from torrential rains. But And the, the, this is this, this week's guest, uh, Martin Keane, has decided to join us. <laughs> Famous TV3 weatherman, Martin Keane. <laughs> Back to you, Roy, with sports, bud. Back to you with sports. <laughs> but I, I'm looking at it. I, I'm looking at the Dundalk. Right now, I'm looking at the Dundalk website. And they have pitch bookings. So you can go and use the pitch. 140 for one hour, 180 for 90 minutes, 200 for two hours slash match. Um, but it says events that it does hold on uh, Europe Europa League qualifiers. Well, I'm not sure people are going to come out of their way uh, to book their pitch for it. But I know what they mean. They, they use it. Aircon League. Local football clubs, Ireland Schoolboy Internationals, private groups football, GAA training, rugby training, schools finals, sports days, ideal venue for charity or corporate marquee events and special needs catered. So basically anything. They will use it for anything. Now, how can you, if, if they're going to use the pitch uh, for anything at all whatsoever, how is that going to be a good surface? You have to look after these pitches. You have to take care of them. And you can't just have anything going on in them. So if you're going to have these pitches and you don't want to have a grass pitch, you're going to have to bloody well look after it. And you can't. The standard's important. And the standard's important for the players and the team that are there. So, yeah, I, I, I'm not sure what way they're going. Listen, I know that's all money and they need to try and get money in. And, and, and that's totally fine. I can totally understand that. But number one thing in that football club is the football team and how they perform and getting the best out of them. Um, for me, they should ban Astro pitches as the main pitch 
Uh, I think grass should be, they should have to put money into having grass pitches, uh, but I don't make them rules. Uh, not yet, anyhow. And <laughs> this is what <laughs> this is what they are going to do. So they're going to uh, use that pitch in every and any way they can. I just don't like the pitches. I think there's you, you get the injuries from them. Um, the, the bounce isn't the same. They don't look after it. Just just don't really like the pitches at all. So that's it. Well, it's and yeah, and, and that's it, it is spot on. It's just not being catered for at all, Roy, because you have a pitch there in Oriel Park that hasn't been upgraded since 2017. That's it's a long time now. And as you said, Martin Connolly, the COO of Dundalk, was he was also talking at, at a QA event with Brian Ainscough. Um, looking at as you mentioned, there's a lot of lot of uh, different facilities sharing the actual pitch in Oriel Park, they're, they're communicating now with Loud County Council. For um for the partnerships and allowing other people to uh, like for the people to use the Astro surface um you, you look as you mentioned there's multiple teams training on it on a daily basis I know that looking at the uh the, the resurface they're going to undertake now shortly there it's that a uh, field turf I think that's the name of right that that's the name of the system they're going with it's what Kerry uh, FC used in, in the fourth season in the League of Ireland last year. It's meant to accurately uh, replicate like uh, real grass more so than being mm. the, the the pellets that are surrounding the astro uh, the astro pitch. Uh, well, at the I, minute, I but... haven't been down to Kerry and I haven't seen that pitch, but from television it looks shite. I, I don't know. It looks very flat. It didn't look. Didn't look I, they can tell me different. Maybe I'm down the pitch and I see a different thing. But sometimes you can see the difference between. Uh, you can see that there. That's our, that's Oriel Park there, and uh, we're doing this on, on YouTube as well. But uh, Oriel Park there, it looks like there's a, 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 not fluffiness, but a, a bushiness <laughs> to that grass. You know, what I mean, the ball will roll on it just like a grass pitch, and they, and they are that advanced now that the ball, the bounce isn't too bad, and and the grass. But you have to look after them. I've seen many pitches throughout Dublin and surrounding areas that. They have the same pitches, but they're not being looked after and they're trampled down. Uh, these blades of grass get broken and it's just a flat surface and the ball's running away. And, you, and if there's any sort of a breeze on it, the ball carries and carries and is running away. And you're just like the older ones did. You have to look after these pitches. If the Dundalk are going to have everyone and anyone and their dog on the pitch, it, they're going to put a lot of money into something that's going to fall apart very quickly. First team and the... Uh, the teams within that club are important. They should be looking after. Yeah, and it's um, I, th I think it's another thing that's gone quiet as well. Was was it the start of last season, Roy? Again, I think we we, we could be in Oriel Park, known us. <laughs> we we were talking about someone. Oh no, it was Derry City. Sorry, that's who it was, Derry City. And I was talking about the FBI implementing bans on these pitches. Because I agree with you. I, I I think they are a nasty piece of work. The correlation of, of them with injuries, uh, they, they really aren't helpful. And then you have players that might be winding down their career and they're, they're coming to play on Astro pitches on a weekly basis. And you're wondering why their uh, ACL injuries are on the rise in the league. But then you see um, a club like Cole Ramblers putting down an Astro, getting rid of grass and putting down an Astro pitch themselves mm. for this 2024 season. So an FBI band, it, it, it's definitely not something that's going to be coming into place uh, anytime soon. But just picking up on something you said there a minute ago uh, regarding the uh, television, it's probably a little bit of a strange segue to make, but I don't know if you've seen uh, the League of World Director Mark Scanlon was 
talking about obviously bigging up and it's great to see the improved coverage from Virgin Media. We'll obviously have RTE and TG4 doing their bouts here on LOI TV. But um, Mark was talking about saying that half the clubs don't uh, have a ground that's suitable for live broadcasting. And again, it's, it's something that we've, we've talked about quite a bit. And just a quote here from Mark, and we, we, we'll bring this back to Dundalk in a second. Uh, a quote from Mark saying, certain venues that the broadcasters are unwilling to broadcast from, either the broadcast or infrastructure around the ground is not up to standard, or sometimes it's the way the backdrop looks. So that's what you're talking about, as we said, the, the infrastructure for camera, lighting rigs, things like that, and then just the visual of a bad ground. And I think it's interesting that we're talking about Dundalk, and I'm just about to read that statement out there from Mark Scanlon. Uh, besides LOI TV, Dundalk didn't have one home game. Uh, Lawyer broadcast throughout all of 2023. So, Oreo Park is definitely one of those grounds to fall into that category. Yeah, and that's that's why we talk about all these new stadiums all the time. Any little chink of light that we see a new stadium is going to maybe come to, into fruition. We're excited, we're delighted, and we can't wait to see if anything develops from it. That's why we're so chuffed with Tallis Stadium within the league. Um, not some people won't give a shit because it's it's Shamrock Rovers, but within the league, it's great to have something like that, and everyone should aspire to having something like that in their own uh, design, I suppose. But yeah, it's the aesthetics of it all. We've talked about it a million times before, and we'll talk about it a million times after this. The league needs to look aesthetically good to create the flow of people into the stadiums to create the atmosphere and to create that buzz and uh, money that will come in hand in hand with it and everything then will grow. Uh, spend money to create money and that's kind of what it is here. So every league club has to work hard on that infrastructure. So they are so right. You can't put some of these stadiums on the television because it doesn't, doesn't give it a good look. People turn over, look, this is a League of Ireland game. Well, I'm not turning back on a League of Ireland game if that's the best that they have. So I, I can't. I totally hundred percent agree on that one. It's just yeah. Don't be shown those stadiums. You're just you're killing the league. Uh, up your game, lads. Yeah, I I you think we'll leave Little Oriel Park alone for a couple of we couple will. of weeks anyway. We have a little bit of other news. Uh, is it Nathan Shepherd? Oh, hold on, actually, yeah. Now Oriel Park, <laughs> come back here. Come back. We're not going to just yet. Yeah, it was just when we were, we were talking about. Uh, just just on the year, we're restructuring the show a little bit um, for reasons out of your control. And it was one thing that just stood out. And it, it's probably a conversation that we could have on... So, like, it, it, it's something that goes under the radar. And agents, honestly, rightfully so, get a lot of a lot of flack, for, especially from League of Ireland fans. It's I think we've been constantly screwed and we continue to get screwed, don't we? Uh, on clauses, on, on, on fears of... of Made our talents uh, leaving our shores and going going across Europe or going to the UK, and one agent that caught a bit of flack during the week Roy, was Andy Bourne. Now, if anyone isn't familiar of Andy, he is uh, the agent of former, well, looking like former Dundalk goalkeeper Nathan Shepherd, absolutely great goalkeeper. Looks just going to be sat in twenty twenty three. Um, let's see, he started thirty six out of thirty six games. Has a sixty-five percent save per game ratio, eighty-two saves total over the course of seasons. One of the finer goalkeepers in the league, right? You'd probably agree with me on that. So this again, this this come from Andy Borton. 
Uh, imagine not re-signing the player to your club because he wanted to possibly get back to England in the summer. Telling him you needed players who were totally committed for the whole season. But then, so, uh, but then signing four players on loan who would only be there until the summer. So it's definitely a case of Bolton coming out, probably toys out of, uh, throwing the toys out of the pram a little bit. I think it says more about him as an agent. If you can't get one of the top goalkeepers in the league at club, um, I, again, and to defend, actually, you know what? We'll defend Dundalk for a change. We we'll get a couple of Dundalk fans uh, on here. So it's what club would agree to those terms? You know, because you, you, here, here's a goalkeeper, here's your number one goalkeeper. You can only get him for six months and then he'd be gone. He'd be using it as a platform. He's gone back to England. That, that's the plan he wants to do. So as a club, great, you have a brilliant goalkeeper for a couple of months, but you have to go back in the market then once the summer comes and re- replace, not only replace a key player, but really replace a specialist role that yeah. it can be a really a, a delicate balance, balancing act, expecting a new keeper to come in and into hit the ground running, into gel, but he's back forward in front of him and settled with the nerves of being in a new club and being expected to be the number one goalkeeper at, at a high level. I, I think that the club has to do what suits them, benefits them. Um, if that suited them to do that, it gave them time to get a goalkeeper. Great. You know, hop on board. That's great. We'll take you on. If we get a goalkeeper in the meantime, you're probably gonzo anyhow. But it obviously didn't. And they don't have to sign anyone. They don't want to sign. So, you know, if, if the goalkeeper isn't committed to the club and that's what they're looking for, a, a, a year-long commitment or a two-year-long commitment, fair enough. You could look at it the other way, Nathan. You could look at it, well, maybe Dundalk are only handing out a year contract and maybe he's looking for something a little bit longer. So I might try and get that across the water. So I'd say there's two sides to every story. But if you're not getting what you want, who asks for a six-month contract? No one really does. So if you're not getting it, uh, keep your mouth shut and go somewhere else and see if someone else will give it to you. Um, He wants to stay in one of the top teams in the league. Uh, there's probably only going to be maybe a team in the lower half of the fir- of the Premier Division or maybe the First Division who may actually agree to that. I can't see any of the the top six, seven teams actually agreeing to that. So he'd be doing well. Uh, has, have you heard that since? I haven't heard that since about him. Yeah. So the, the latest I heard, and I think I talked about it a couple of weeks ago, was um, Salford City looked pretty much all done to sign him, but that hasn't come to come to pass at all, and it, it's definitely gone quiet in that wrestling front. And you, you, you could definitely understand how some young players need need an agent around them, uh, just to give them that professional advice. That I'm not saying the players are, are uneducated, but you're looking at, especially when when the money grows, life altering decisions, and you're, you're going into the nitty gritty of contracts. That even at like I'm actually going to say him an adult, but even adults like myself might, might not even understand that my teenage lads that. A bit wet behind the ears, and, and and just want to play the game that they love. Um, but it can't be a dangerous game, that really can't. There's definitely yeah. charlatans out there that are, are looking to take advantage of these young lads, sell them the dream, and sell the, ultimately sell the dream to the family as well, who I, I just want to see the best for their, yeah. their yeah. you know, the the loved one that wants to go off and and pursue this passion. Well, listen, best of luck to Dundalk and best of luck to Nathan Shepherd. Um, I, I hope they are happy in every way they can possibly be. Um, it's no skin off air nose. <laughs> Leave them to it. Okay, listen, the uh, the launch for the League of Ireland was uh, this week and Treaty United are feeling the blues. 
DR, yeah. Um, tough place today. League of Order launch in Vicar Street. Uh, plenty of promotion out there. If anyone wants to go check it out. We'll talk a little bit about news coming out of it. Um, but yeah, that made me happy, Roy. I don't know about you. I, 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 was, I thought it was nice to see. We've obviously seen rebrands in the league recently. Uh, it looks like Wexford, probably the most prominent, um, doing a complete 180 all over the club. And while, it, while they're not getting away from the Treaty United name just yet, it's something I, I think that fans would like to see them do, to revert back to some sort of Limerick moniker. But mm. I, I, I did enjoy it. I don't know if any, anyone's seen the jersey as a whole. Um, it's okay. It's a jersey. It's, it's probably not one of O'Neill's best works, I think. I was actually saying that to you off here. As a St. Pat's fan, I uh, despise Umbro. I do not like the Umbro gear whatsoever. I think trying to get your hands on Umbro gear in particular is a bit of a nightmare. Uh, and you, you see O'Neill's putting out belt as with Galway and Bowers, and you're getting a bit envious. So just knock me the back actually, down here a little bit. Yeah, I don't actually mind the jersey. The jersey's. It's 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 not the worst jersey that I've ever seen, but blue. There's never been a great blue jersey. I can't remember any blue jerseys of that color that were stood out to me and went, "God, that's a that's a beaut. That's that's lovely." And I'm talking about ever. Like I I'm, I just can't remember any. I can know I know there's a few lighter blue ones, and you know maybe an away gear that had that color in it, but it wasn't it wasn't in its entirety. Um, I'm a very I'm a very red person anyhow, so the red and white stripes <laughs> yeah. would have suited me down to the ground. So I, I like them colours. I'm kind of disappointed a treaty went back there. Um, but they're obviously going back to their Limerick roots and they don't want to have anything to do with Treaty United. It's really about Limerick Football Club. But can you remember a, a blue jersey of that colour that actually stood out for you and you thought, love it? Same as you. I'm a, I'm a sucker for um, a lighter blue, a little sky blue. Uh, I was down, I think I was saying to you before, even just when we were chatting, just, just general nonsense, uh, I found a little hidden gem in Ballinard Mayo, a little uh, a retro jersey shop. And I go down every now and again, and he has like, rails upon rails of stuff. And all the stuff in the rails, like a tenner. Like, and it's, you get some good fun. You know, you had to, a bit like TK Maxx, you know, you had to sort of swam through a bit of shite to, to stumble upon a bit, little bit of a nugget. And you do every now and again. And so, Obviously, Pats fan, you'll never see me representing any other League of Ireland clubs jersey just by principle. So I was scrolling through this this rack of all the League of Ireland stuff he had, and I pulled out, I, I don't know the year now, but I'm sure there's some jersey aficionado listening, um, a Dublin City jersey, Dublin City F- FC. Oh, so I, yeah, I, I, yeah. I don't even really remember Dublin City in the league. Yeah, it was before my time. Um, and I was like, I, I think it was the home jersey, a sky blue home jersey with... Um, with a buttoned up boy collar, which collar jerseys, that's it. You can take me money. I, I am a sucker for a collar jersey. <laughs> and I was genuinely standing there in that shop for 15 minutes going, that's a belter. I mean, miss, yeah, boy, a boy, but I was just like, I, I, I can't, I, goes, I can't buy it because I will not wear it. And that, <laughs> I was talking like it was like an abused dog. I was like, no, that needs to go to a good home now and be proper looked after. <laughs> and someone needs to wash that jersey. And, and have that dinner in it and all like I can't just buy it and just put it in the wardrobe and that was yeah that that's the one that came Where to mind for me oh I'm sure it's somewhere some loving family out on a farm somewhere oh so you didn't actually purchase it in there I thought you no, did no no oh, no the and then also that's the I think it was the season that um Shelbourne released uh, a similar retro jersey and he went back to that old badge and yeah the, the Shelbourne badge was quite similar to the to the Dublin City badge and that really threw right. me off with him. Um, 
Yeah. Well, I, I think of it often, and I hope whatever it is, it's out there having a nice <laughs> yeah, life. Yeah, yeah. Being, uh, it's probably still in the shop. We should go down. It's probably it still in the shop because I think of the only person that knew what it was. Because even yeah. your man was like, oh, it's a bit of old guard jersey. I was like, nah, yeah, mate. Yeah, uh, having a clear. What's going on? He's just looking at me saying, just, just give us the tenner, will you? <laughs> That's it. Yeah, you're surprised that never took off. That would have been a, a, a good one to have around Dublin, wouldn't it? You would have thought that that could have picked up, you know, uh, a few supporters along the way. It's, it's certainly in the centre of Dublin, but there you go. And yeah, didn't work, didn't work. Not, it's very hard to get a new team going, isn't it, within the League of Ireland? It's, it's not, it has to, there has to be some sort of roots or foundation to that club over the years. It's very hard just to, to create a team out of nowhere. Uh, as you've seen with Spartan Fingal, etc. Yeah, yeah, all about the area, isn't it? And all, as you said, all about it's. And I, I, I think the, the, the competing with the GAA, I think that that's not as big of an issue as some people think it is. Obviously, yeah, looking at GAA counties like like clear, like clear for example, probably be difficult to get um a team off the ground. But again, it, we've actually just probably we send us in into a second about it potential third division. But we talked about sides like Cavan and Monaghan. That's where it would probably work best. Instead of seeing Monaghan United come back into the lick, it, it, it's reinforcing two sides together. Again, just making sure they, they have good uh, financial backing behind them and can last more than three, four, five years. Like I said, like a sporting thing, all that came in and done really well, uh, won an FAI Cup, got up I- I- into the Premier Division and then just followed up by the wayside. Yeah, it's a great couple of years, but that, no fan base really. You know, no, that's really what it's such um it's such an overcrowded market isn't it uh, especially the Dublin market now at the moment that's what I'm saying you probably have more it, luck if if you had an established club like something like say in, in Dublin a Ballymun or something like that because there's roots into that area and it, it would mean something to them where just popping up an old team anywhere with an, a random name it, it doesn't mean anything it's very hard to do you know and you know even I suppose you look at it in England MK Dons, Milton Keynes, they had to mm. jump on the back of a, a popular Wimbledon team, change the name to MK Dons. They got some fans and, you know, Milton Keynes. It kind of worked, but it took a while for that to ever take off. But here in Ireland, I just couldn't even see that take off. It's, you would have to go down the route of, of the county and maybe one of the teams that is there. A bit like what they're trying to do with it in Meath. That they they, they yeah. might have the chance there, but uh, anyhow, what what was that about the third division? Yeah, I, I, it just that was a long winded way just angling and get fucking yeah. Luke and <laughs> into the League of Ireland again, wasn't it? Like, oh, you know, we got some <laughs> We're on our way. some grassroots team possibly no in South Dublin. Here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, red only. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mark Scanlon uh, again, once again, he's been busy today. Has Mark been? Um, and which is actually, it, it, it's ironic, we only talked about the tour division in, over the past couple of weeks too, right? Um, we were discussing, ah, it's probably going to fall with a wayside, we're not going to hear much about it. But we actually got an update from the League of Ireland director. Um, he was ta- saying that existing League of Ireland clubs will be allowed the chance to um, enter reserve teams into the tour tier, which uh, it's something we've seen, obviously, with Shamrock Rovers B yeah. in the fourth division in the past. But... Uh, more interestingly is we're going to actually have an update, a, 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 a concrete update on the tour tier, uh, the, the tour division potentially coming into the League of Ireland, along with, um, with a new pathway structure, and that's set to be revealed at the end of the month. So I'm sure we'll be all over that 
like um, like a rash once that gets released we'll be on here chatting about that but... yeah he had a few things to say he was talking about school or schoolboy football etc all all football within the country having the same footballing calendar uh, we heard this before some of the leagues have tried to go summer football some of them haven't and um, when they did i know with the ddsl here in in Dublin they tried to go summer football but they decided not to have football in July or August so how does that football starts September ends in May with them but it was a bit June this year but they just started at March went through the summer stopped at the end of June started in September and then ended up in November so they just moved the start and the, and the, and the stopping date the finishing date and didn't have summer football. I mean, that's 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 as Irish as you can get, you know. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just pure tick, you know. So uh, the DDSL, you know, that was yeah. But that's the, the, <laughs> yeah, well, that, that that like I mean, everyone says it, and you wonder why people say it. But constantly, uh, anywhere I go, anywhere anyone I'm talking to, they're talked about as dinosaurs, and that's exactly it. It's a it's such an old fashioned thing to do, a stupid thing to do. You know, yeah. I understand people go away on holidays and all, but you just shut it down for a few weeks at the end, a couple of weeks at the end of July, start of August, and you make sure you work through June, a couple of weeks in July, a couple of weeks in August, and that's your summer football. It just makes sense. Um, but anyhow, so it'll be interesting to see what way he's going to do it because I doubt they're going to change the League of Ireland around to go back to winter football. I'd be surprised... Yeah. Although you can't be too surprised, but then, then that's the that's the Astros in forever. <laughs> yeah, we'd be talking about Oriel Park for the foreseeable future, but look at it. But looking at um, looking at that reserve teams going into it, it into a potential third division, it's obviously something that's really popular around Europe. You look around uh, like Spain, Italy, Germany, all the top European leagues. You, you look for the down there, the pyramid, and and a lot of the top sides do have reserve teams. From a League of Ireland point of view, it's I don't think I'm going to see every team jumping at the uh, at the chance to to apply for a reserve team to go in. It's going to be cost extremely uh, cost effective, and I think that's why even looking at like said in the past that I'd like to see every League of Ireland team offer up a, a women's side to the women's Premier Division. Um, and but again, it, it's easy to say that because they do understand the cost that that that, that comes with it. But you also would ha- you'd have a massive chance, wouldn't you, Roy, to develop some of the younger players at your squad? Probably Shamrock Rovers be a perfect example, wouldn't it be? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A lot of young talent there, just not going to get a chance. I was looking forward to see. Yeah, that one hundred percent. Day before staying, definitely. Like I was dying to see how like the likes of uh, Naj Razi would have gone on this season, but he got a great move over the Como. Never scratched the surface with the force team whatsoever. So you'd imagine a side like a Shamrock Rovers, a Derry City, they they'd snap a chance to. To go into a third division. Um, again, we don't know anything about promotion or relegation or how that would work, but they'd snap with the chance to allow some of the younger players to go and develop under, um, I suppose, under under a senior moniker rather rather playing rather than playing underage games that only have no consequences. I would say that they are suggesting that to hope to they're looking for the likes of the Meads and the Mayos. They're already prepping themselves to get in there. Um, they'd be looking for these teams from the second teams from uh, Premier Division clubs or other League of Ireland clubs just to top up that league to make it functional. Um, so I think that they, I don't think it's something that they would want to have 
down the line. I think they want to have a third division that has uh, unique clubs for unique parts of the country and to allow that pyramid to take place and, you know, have it there between the three divisions and also down the pyramid into uh, amateur football as well. So, uh, yeah, I think it's just a starting point. I can't see that they might have those teams. Well, maybe they will. Maybe they will. Maybe they will. But I can see it's for the start is just to get it functionally working. So, uh, but yeah, that'd be interesting. Anyhow, listen, we just went miles away from the launch. What happened at the launch? <laughs> oh yeah, the launch. God, that was that was, that was ten minutes ago. Um, so yeah, that was that, that was the, the the big news coming out of launch was apparently to us the big news was Treaty United whacking on a blue jersey. Uh, Mark was talking about the third tier, but I think the the, the information coming out of launch that hit made the headlines the most was that um, the twenty twenty four. Um, League of Ireland seasons will have an improved prize money for the league winner. So both the League of Ireland and SSC Tristy announced um, a rise in prize money by uh, one hundred and ten thousand euro, which is a seventeen percent rise from last season. So the men's Premier Division last year was uh, six hundred fifty-five thousand. It's now gone up to seven hundred and sixty-five thousand. Uh, we've also seen a bit of a change with the women's Premier Division. Uh, the the women's Premier Division team in hundred and ten thousand, and we've seen that rapidly rise over the past couple of years. Um, I, I think we started off on twenty thousand euro, which is abysmal. It, it, it absolutely abysmal. Uh, yeah. I think it went up then to fifty five thousand, which isn't much better at all. So. Look, it's it, it, it's still it's still pittance. It, it, in, in all fairness, <laughs> yeah, it, it's still pittance, isn't it? You know, it's um, I I I think we're they sometimes they be quick to pat themselves in the back with with, with the news again. I know it's it's a riot and it's going to get better, and they're talking about potentially putting it up again in twenty twenty five. But yeah, if you're looking at the the cost of day to day running operations of a club, that this won't cover it whatsoever. And again, it, it's all about Europe. We said it once, we said it again, Roy. It's all about European football. If you gave me a chance for Pats to never win the league again and just have European football year after year, give me that. I'll, I'll renew my passport happily every time. Well, that's why it's there, Nathan. That's that's why the, the lure of it is there and that's what makes the league so good. You can get that uh, European spot. Um, it's, listen, it wouldn't be at without You need the league, you need the European places as, as an incentive, but you you definitely need the money from Europe um, and the league has to sort of try and emulate that in some way. The popularity is there. The league has, uh, hasn't been as popular as this in donkey's years, so they need to, they're on a crest of a wave here, carry this league on and, and build something important. There's people jumping into it now who have money and are willing to do things so, you know, don't let this opportunity slip is what I'd say. Uh, Nathan, I I think that's us done, isn't it? And that's a part, isn't it? Yeah. I think we'll that we, is. I think that's us. Well, uh, we'll, we'll wrap up a little bit, um, even on Lanford Town, give them a little bit of a, of a shout out for a few minutes. Do, because uh, yeah. <laughs> we're not done, so. <laughs> we're not done. No, no, we're not. Your kids haven't gone to bed just yet, Roy. They can wait enough. No, no. I haven't. I haven't talked about Longford Town yet. <laughs> Everyone's uh, 100 yeah, years. Um, 100 years. Yeah, brilliant for them to see. Um, and like that, I suppose we, we try it as much as we could, haven't we? Whether that be uh, articles or the podcast to, to touch on um, clubs heading into the new season. So I suppose to keep it as brief as humanly possible, because I know you're, you're itching to get off 
really see them finishing. You know, you, you look at Longford Townside that finished eighth last season uh, on 40 points, seven points out of the playoffs. Really was a year to forget, but they're coming under their second season now with um friend of the channel, I suppose, Stephen Henderson, still yeah. in the hot seat. Had Steve on a few times, really appreciate his time. Um, yeah, how, how did you to, to, to get on? You, you're looking at some of their incomings. I'll just shout a few quickly out. Uh, Jamie Egan coming in from Drotter, uh, Dean George from uh, Treaty United, Carl Chambers, a Tonsil Club from Wexford, Sammy Clark has come in from uh, UCD. Um, I think one of the, the, the biggest ones, one of the big ones, anyways, I got the Midlands Town uh, fans excited was Chris Lyons uh, coming in from Bray Wanderers. Uh, definitely lacked goals last year. Uh, he finished with the, the second uh, lowest minute goals uh, behind uh, Kerry, who were on 29. I think both Longford and Harps finished up with, with, with 39 goals. So, anyway, there you, you can see that that could potentially fix that issue. You know, as I said, Dean George, Chris Lyons, uh, probably the two most likely candidates. Um, Chris, in particular, scored nine goals last season, but some of the sparse experience in the in the league of Ireland, 40 goals over uh, 129 appearances for during his time with Drotted. That's probably his most fruitful spell in the league um, but yeah it, it's definitely an, an issue that, that needs addressing and I, I wonder if any of them new recruits that they want to, uh, to to fill that gap well I, I think the person who's going to turn everything around is Stephen Henderson I think he, he's getting players in that he has good knowledge about he's seen them last year he, he knows now what he needs and if he's done his homework correctly I think he'll turn things. Around. I have a feeling that a top four spot is not far off Longford this year. I just have that feeling that there's going to be something there that's. Uh, I'm not saying they're going to get promoted, but I think they'll have a good year. I just have a feeling about them, and obviously with the the hundred years being marked. Uh, there's going to be a little bit of buzz around, and I was just thinking we were talking stadiums and stuff like that. It's a nice little stadium down there. Around, yep. They probably need to keep on top of that as well because they don't want that to, you know, sit on that too long and let it sort of wither away like we see in the likes of Talca Park, where, you know, one of the, the, the better stadiums in the league and all of a sudden within a 10-year period it was dinosaur death. And I kind of look at, I kind of look at that down in Longford and I, I, think, I think the same thing. I said, you know, Let's see something different. Can, can you work on your stadium? Can you change it a little bit? You know, fill it first. That'd be nice. If they could fill it, that'd probably, that'd probably help the, the, the atmosphere. It's a, probably a hard spot to get people in. Um, so Stephen has a, a big job down there. But no, I think Stephen's the main man. I think he's the most important person down there. And as you said, goals are probably the thing. But I'm sure he's recognised that from the, the get-go. And uh, if your team isn't scoring goals... And, and you can get players in, you go and do that. And he, he obviously thinks that they can do that. So, uh, yeah, it'd be very interesting to see. Yeah, I say we stick a pin in that, Roy. What, we were T-minus nine days away from the start of the season. Yeah. I suppose ne- next week, next week's the big podcast show, isn't it? We get our yeah. official official predictions in and we'll uh, we'll make a balls, I'm sure, uh, like last yeah, season. we get none of them right. <laughs> Absolutely uh, nothing right. I'll do a quick shameless plug. Uh, I'll have um, a President's Cup uh, preview going up onto the website probably tomorrow. Well, before the game anyway. So if you're listening in, go check that out. Um, 
Commander Saints. And yeah, we'll get our predictions <laughs> in next week, right? Looking forward to it. Okay, listen, uh, Nathan, thanks very much. And to you listening at home, uh, listen, thanks very much for tuning in. And don't be afraid to send us a message. Uh, any topics you want, any questions you want, uh, we'll discuss it. Talk to you.